This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Nick Ashewin for Grant and Danny. I'm Matt Nick Ashew on Twitter. We finally have a real game week in the NFL. Ugh, I, I honestly thought that doing away with the fourth preseason game would be fine. In reality, it probably is. But I just feel like now we have this long, drawn-out process of just waiting for the actual season to start. And then cuts are done, and you're just kind of sitting around for two weeks. Now, we had college football, which, of course, is something we'll get into with Pete Medhurst as well. Uh, but, Pete, I want to start with you, of course, Pete, the host of uh, Russell and Medhurst on the Team 980. Also does play-by-play for the Naval Academy, so we are going to get into some college football with you too, buddy. But I, I want to start with uh, Curtis Samuel. And this has become the biggest story surrounding this team now as we lead up to it. It's certainly promising that he was out there today, but we still got to sit around and see, well, how does he feel after this? How does he feel tomorrow on the day off? Is he back out there Wednesday? How concerned are you about Curtis Samuel being available for week one? And, I mean, even if he is, there's a good chance they use him only in a limited role, too. Yeah, without question. Uh, good to be with you, as always, my friend. Um, there, there's no question his availability and effectiveness. You know, yes, sometimes players as decoys, you know, and Ron alluded to it a little bit. The question's going to be, can they get 20 to 25 meaningful snaps out of him uh, coming up this week? Otherwise, you've got to put time into a different game plan. And how he comes back from today, and coaches and athletic trainers tell you all the time, it's not necessarily observing them while they're practicing. It's how they recover in the next 12 to 18 hours after that. Can he come back? and take on a little more workload tomorrow. and then, uh, Or, well, they would take tomorrow off, but Wednesday, then Thursday, and obviously uh, the small work on uh, Friday uh, as they try to get ready here for the Chargers. How he responds and really ultimately how many snaps do they really think they can uh, count on him for on Sunday. Otherwise, you got to prepare somebody else uh, to be part of the game plan at this point. And especially because I think you bring up a great point because that game plan that you mentioned – is something with a very unique and versatile player. So if you don't have Curtis Samuel out there, then that takes away from just some interesting wrinkles that you could throw in on the offense. I'll say this, though, Pete. like When he's at some point healthy, and I'm, I'm okay with them obviously taking their time on this because I'd rather him be brought along slowly now and be healthy the rest of the season than him miss three, four, five weeks in and out, and it constantly resurfaces through the entire season. But I'm really just excited to see what he does and what they use him with offensively because I think that they can get really creative with him out there. I would love to see the napkins and the scrap paper that Scott Turner has used just on a whim. <laughs> if he has an idea, you know, maybe, you know, maybe he's with the family and he's driving down the road and just something comes to his mind and he, and he starts to scribble it down because you mentioned he's such a unique weapon. You can attack in so many unconventional ways. And that makes you less predictable as an offense. 
And for a team that's got the type of schedule that it has, Nick, I really believe strongly that these first two games are ultra important for this club. Uh, if they are to reach the goals that, look, there's a lot of people nationally that have set some lofty goals for this team. Clearly, as a unit, as a team, they want to win every game. We know that. But to to get that against the type of schedule they're playing this year, you need that unique weapon. And as you said, if you have him healthy for 14, you know, that that's just as good you know, than having him as a part-time player for like seven or eight, missing a couple of games, coming back for a couple of more, and really having him in Olympic capacity because you don't get the full effect of what Curtis Samuel can actually do. And all you have to do is throw on the tape last year of what Samuel did single-handedly against Washington in the matchup that Carolina won at FedEx Field. Yeah, you mentioned the schedule, man. I mean, just the amount of quarterbacks that they see that are – MVP, former MVP, candidates to be MVP, Pro Bowler, like it is, it's a gauntlet for them, which means in turn, look, the defense is now going to be under more pressure at the beginning of the season against guys like Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and, and Aaron Rodgers and hell, even Daniel Jones, because apparently against Washington, Pete, he's always just ends up being a Pro Bowl quarterback, it looks like against them. <laughs> but like the pressure that's going to be on that defense to make plays and try to hold those quarterbacks down or find ways to disrupt that offense, you're going to need the offense on the other side of the ball to do their job so you don't just count on the defense the entire time to do that. Yeah, without question. Uh, and look, I mean, we, we get wrapped up in quarterback play. And the question ultimately with some of those teams is, how good are the players going to be around it? Tampa, we saw that movie. We know what that looks like. But, you know, Justin Herbert hasn't played it down yet. Uh, you know, didn't play in any of the preseason action uh, for the Chargers. How will he look? Will they be a little rusty out of the gate? Can you get a jump on them? Because, you know, some of your people actually did play during the course of the preseason. Uh, but, you know, as you mentioned, Russell Wilson, what's it going to look like around him? Clearly, Lockett Metcalf are fantastic, but will they have a running game to go uh, around him this year? How will their defense uh, perform? But when you have those types of quarterbacks, the Aaron Rodgers, heck, even Matt Ryan's not going to be a picnic to play against, um, you know, with the Falcons. Ultimately, how will the other players on those teams play around them? Some of those teams don't exactly have great defenses, which I think helps Washington stay in the game. But Washington's margin for error on offense, clearly much smaller than it is when you have the likes of an Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson and Tom Brady that they'll face during the course of the season. Talking to Pete Medhurst, Nick Ashew in for Grant and Danny. Did you feel like you saw enough, Pete, of the offense in the preseason, or do you feel like they needed more time out there to get some real reps and a real game? Wanted to see the first-team guys for a couple of possessions in the final preseason game, was really disappointed that we didn't see that. However, look, I trust an NFL coach. They know what the heck they're doing uh, out there more often than not. So yeah. from that not always, though. Come I'll on now. Not, not always. Not, not with know? all the coaches we've had in this town. You know that. <laughs> not everyone yeah, knew what they exactly were doing. Right. But, but you know what, though? Hey, this guy, and even Mike Shanahan had a heck of a resume, but, you know, I don't believe – right now that Ron is getting any interference from anywhere else within the organization, yeah. if you follow me. So I think from that standpoint, you know, I'll trust his football judgment in this situation. Uh, and, you know, look, I mean, we saw what happened to the Ravens. They lose J.K. Dobbins in that final preseason game. You know, on a, on a regular play, there wasn't anything extraordinary about that. It was just a bunch of guys coming together in a pile, and he gets his uh, knee torn up in a situation like that. Anytime you step on the field at any time, there is a risk, no doubt. 
But, you know, I would have liked to have seen him just punch one in for a touchdown uh, during the course of this preseason. At some point, I hope the league eventually does away with it. Each team has usually somebody nearby that you're, you can practice against and have some organized workouts. I mean, there's no reason why the Ravens in Washington couldn't get together uh, for an organized workout if you want to go up against some other people and just do it on the side where the coaches, you know, have control over it and you can control the reps, what you want to do, different situations instead of, you know, having these glorified, you know, games that we got to play 60 minutes worth and basically 10,000 people show up uh, who are diehards uh, to, to watch most of these preseason games. <laughs> You know, it's crazy, Pete, to see just the national media and the expectations around this team changing so quickly. And not just the expectations for winning, but the fact that they're looked at as a stable organization, what Ron Rivera was able to do in one year, not to mention all the other things that he had to deal with. I mean, Mike Greenberg the other day compared them to the, the 2019 49ers in terms of what the trajectory of this organization can be on the field do you see these expectations maybe sometimes and go, all right, guys, this is a little too much too soon? Or do you, like, I, I'm cautiously optimistic, but at the same time, I watch this going, man, this just has that feeling of like a huge letdown with all of the national media, the rest of the country looking at Washington as a legit franchise finally, and then they fall flat on their face. Maybe it's just because I'm tainted. Maybe it's just because I've, I've, I've had so many just sickening years watching this team and I just have to deal with it and I'm jaded. But I don't know, man. I, I'm. I'm cautiously optimistic, but I still get a little concerned when I see these expectations that people are putting on this team. Look, I mean, you're going to see Austin Eckler in the opener and likely Barkley in the second game. If this team can't stop the run, then they're going to be in a similar situation uh, that they were last year. Ultimately, you know, how you handle success, uh, you know, and all of the expectations is going to be how this team uh, is judged by and there's a lot of young pieces on this team nick and you know younger teams tend to make mistakes of aggression and 15 yard penalties at inopportune times you know if you do that against the wrong team and that's why i said the margin for error for this team is not as great uh, as it is for a lot of others right now however what helps them is when you look in your division Everybody in your division has significant warts, and you are probably the closest thing to a complete team that there is in the division. Dallas, great offense, lots of questions on defense. No question Micah Parsons is going to be a a punisher out there, but you need 10 other guys, okay? Micah can't do it by himself. The Eagles, you know, they've got a lot of issues right now um, as it pertains to their team. You can't look at any unit on their team and go, hey, that's an, that's, a, that's an elite NFL unit by any stretch of the imagination. And look, with the Giants, they play terrific defense. You can't get in a one-possession game with them because you give them life. And we found that out last year. Washington unable to uh, you know, get off to good starts. That defense for the Giants held Washington at bay, and you end up losing two division games that way. That Giant defense is, is pretty decent. It's up front. Great linebacker, and their secondary is terrific. Their secondary might be the best uh, in the division, at least going into the season uh, right now. So, you know, that, that helps you that you might be the most complete team in your division. If you go five, then you're going to give yourself a chance to win it. But ultimately, can you do the little detailed things? And with guys that are inexperienced, never have to do those detailed things at the National Football League level 
you know, there's, I think there's every reason for optimism, but I also believe there's significant reason for skepticism, too, because in football, what you have seen through the years has never given you any reason to go, yeah, <laughs> this team's got it, no problem. I'll, I'll buy in. You know, cautiously optimistic, but if you're going to buy in, buy, buy while the price is low, as they say. This is the time to buy in because certainly the pieces seem to be coming together to where this team might be able to put together a couple of years of decent football here. Listen, it's like being in a lot of bad relationships. Eventually, something's got to work out. At least you hope. you got to have that cautious optimism and hope that this thing's going to be at least a little better than the rest. I'll say this, too. The return of Landon Collins and how he's looked so far, if he can be... 90% of what he was with the Giants. Not what he was with Washington, but if he, he's looked close to that Pro Bowl safety that they had in New York. If he can just be close to that again, that really turns out to be a bonus for this team because this defense was a strong defense last year, and he wasn't a part of it for most of the season. And when he was, he was missing tackles anyway. Right, and, and, and let, let, let's face it, the biggest award on that defense last year, stopping the run. Landon Collins' great strength is playing the run. Playing, you know, as we saw in that screen pass, uh, in the exhibition game where he comes flying up the field and makes a tremendous open field tackle. So the area where they were most uh, haunted on defense last year, Landon Collins is a significant piece in helping you in that category right now. So if you can keep him out there in you know what you think are high-trend running downs uh, for the opposition, he's the type of player that can help you uh, in that category. And let's just hope, I mean, look, guy comes back from shredding an Achilles, um, let's hope he can stay together and uh, and play a full 17 games because I believe he does have a way to help your defense if he's 100% healthy, uh, you know, coming into this season. Talking to Pete Medhurst, Nick Ash, you in for Grant Danny. I want to get to a couple college football things with you real quick because we obviously had a big weekend with things really opening up. This was like the real opening of college football. And, you know, we already have number five versus number three in the beginning of the season. And I know this is, you know, with Clemson and Georgia, and you look at those two powerhouse programs, and there's so much hype and so so many expectations on that game, even with two new quarterbacks out there for both programs. The thing that I hate, Pete, and this is why I'm okay with expanding the college football playoff at least to maybe eight teams. I don't want to see 12. I think 12 is too much, but I think six with two buys or an eight-team one would make a little more sense. There's so much conversation about, well, this game matters so much for them and their, their playoff hopes. And it's like, I understand that it makes the regular season so much more relevant, but at the same time, I'm sitting there going, we're watching a game here where it's the beginning of the season, and we're talking about this being do or die for their playoff hopes the first game of the year. And it's just, I, I hate that it, it almost puts too much emphasis so early on the season where one loss can essentially jeopardize your entire postseason chance. Without question, both teams struggled offensively the other night. Uh, yeah, the defenses look elite. You know, both defenses look elite out there. Uh, they look like playoff defenses. And ultimately, what the playoff has shown us. Nick, is number four and number three really haven't had anything for number one or number two more often than not yeah, uh, in this yeah. playoff. You know, I mean, it's still the same suspects. Cool. Would it be great? Would it be great that a Cincinnati gets a shot at one of the big boys, you know, with nobody opting out and playing with their full rosters? Sure, it'd be great. Is there is there any guarantee that we're going to see an eight beat a one, uh, you know, like we get hyped up for the NCAA basketball tournament? You know, uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if the the difference between one versus eight in basketball, where in, 
in a five-player versus five-player game, it takes one or two guys to get hot, and you can pull an upset. You know, there is no three-pointer in football that gives you a chance to get hot against somebody and, and shoot them out of a basketball game uh, in football. You don't have that. You've still got to go physically beat the other team and score touchdowns just like they do. And if anything, as I tweeted on uh, Saturday night, uh, is apparent, um, the, the College Football National Championship still goes through Tuscaloosa again this coming season. <laughs> and everybody else we saw this week looks like not Alabama. So ultimately, how will teams build? I think Georgia's offense will get better. They're still a little weak at wide receiver because of injury. Uh, but defensively, man, they look like they can hold uh, their own with anybody. The problem for Clemson, Nick, is their schedule's not strong the rest of the year. There's no Notre Dame. There's no North Carolina. There's no Virginia Tech even on their schedule. So there's nobody that makes a committee member go, ooh, they got a nice win over that team. So right now, they're going to be dependent on other teams uh, to not play well. They need uh, you know, a couple of SEC teams to, to lose multiple games because now you got a head-to-head against Georgia that looms over their head. So, you know, Notre Dame escaped last night, but they're, they're nowhere near what they were with their last couple of playoff teams overall. I mean, they've lost some significant talent over the last couple of seasons. Ohio State's defense was shredded by Muhammad Ibrahim until he uh, messed up his uh, foot and, and is now out for the season for Minnesota. He had run for 168 yards on 30 carries against the Buckeyes. So defensively, Ohio State's got some issues. So right now, I'm not really sure who the number two team in the country. I guess Georgia, uh, by you know by beating Clemson uh, in the form that it did. But ultimately, you know, could you see the eighth or twelfth best team not getting beaten by 30 by Alabama? They just took Miami, who was ranked 15th, and could have scored 60 points on them if Nick would have kept his foot on the gas. <laughs> Yeah, I'll tell you what. And if you're uh, Dabo Sweeney at Clemson, it's certainly a wake-up call when you don't have Trevor Lawrence as your quarterback either. That takes a little bit of adjustment period to happen there too. Pete, appreciate the time, man. Thanks for coming on with me. Always a pleasure, pal. Have a good one. All right, man. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, it's uh, it was – look, that game was one of those games where in the past you would look at that and say, well, yeah, this is going to be a fun game to watch. Get to see Trevor Lawrence out there. See – there was there was no offense. That was that was actually a t- if you love defense, I guess Clemson and Georgia was worth watching. But man, it was a tough watch for a lot of it. Those offenses looked very very unstable to say the least. The NFL we know of course starts this week, but there's going to be one quarterback that's not starting for his team. The Texans have made their plans on Deshaun Watson clear. Nick Ash, you in for Grant and Danny on the fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Nick Ashley with you on the fan. Uh, the Houston Texans have made it very clear what they're going to do with Deshaun Watson, and that means they're going to sit him the entire season. What a disaster down there in Houston. You want to talk about, we, we have so much experience in this town watching dumpster fires that it's nice to see it happen somewhere else for a change. And that's exactly what's going on with the Texans. You don't have to say something to tell us what you mean. Like, I always remember RG3 saying, I just work here. Remember that? He didn't say it, but he clearly made a point. He didn't really want to work there anymore. He's just showing up because he's got to. He's just there because he doesn't want to get fined. He's Marshawn Lynch. Houston made it very clear without saying it before this when they put out their depth chart and listed Deshaun Watson as other. Technically third string, but really other. This is a situation where he's only coming in there because he doesn't want to get fined. They realize they can't trade him right now. He's got a ton of more serious stuff going on off the field with these 22 civil suits, a trade request on top of that. What an utter S-show down there in Houston. It is unbelievable. And if I'm Houston, this is the right move because you don't benefit from playing him at all. He could still get suspended. We have no idea what's going on with that. But what if he gets hurt? At some point, you want to trade him. He's already got a torn ACL. He tore his ACL his rookie year. So you've already got that to think about. So this makes perfect sense if you're the Texans to just say, screw it. This is going to be a bad year. We're going to mail it in. I mean, they've already been eroding as an organization for years. Bill O'Brien should never have been a general manager of that team. I mean, he was as bad as Bruce Allen. He may have been worse. To just watch them trade away all their talent, I didn't I didn't blame Deshaun Watson for wanting a trade. I would have wanted to get out of there too. The problem is now it's complicated because of all these civil suits he's got to deal with. So if you're Houston, you just say, you know what? We're going to mail it in this year. This team's not going to be good. You'll probably have the number one pick in the draft, and you'll draft a quarterback. And then you can move Deshaun Watson, and it'll be easier to move Watson. You don't have to trade for a young quarterback necessarily, unless maybe there's a trade that works out, right? Like, all right, you get a young quarterback in return. They trade him, and they want Tua instead in Miami. I, like, a million of those things could happen. But, like, it just doesn't matter. It's a wasted season, though, for them. And it's mind-blowing to think of how this has been handled and what this has turned into now. At this point, why even be around the team if you're Deshaun Watson? Just send him home for the season. Put him on that commissioner's exempt list and just move on. That's it. 
I don't know, maybe at some point he tries to continue to force a trade during the season because he only showed up because he didn't want to get fined $50,000 a day. Can you imagine being fined $50,000 a day? Yeah, that would make a lot of people, even the richest people in the world, say, you know what, I'll probably show up because that's still a lot of money when that adds up. But it's, it's just a complete disaster. And no, if you're Washington, you don't, you don't touch him at all. Not this year and not ever. Because whatever happens with this, that's a lot of stuff. That's a lot of baggage. And you have, as an organization right now, something that feels stable, something that feels like it has good players and good teammates in the locker room. You feel something different. An aura just feels different right now around Washington. And the last thing you want to do is bring somebody in, even if it's the offseason. One, you're going to be trading multiple first-round picks for Deshaun Watson anyway. But yes, you need a quarterback. But you know what the questions are going to be. You know what the conversation's going to be. Do you really want to deal with that? And then you've got to dig deep. You've got to make sure that there is nothing else coming out. There, there's so many things with this. It's, it's an unbelievably complicated situation with Deshaun Watson and the Texans and... I'll tell you this, I would not want to be the one that has to deal with that. Because it's one thing to have your star quarterback just entering his prime tell you he wants to get traded. It's a whole lot worse when his stock is plummeting because people don't know whether or not he's going to be allowed to play because he could be suspended or who knows what else happens with that. So it's, it's incredibly complicated and it's an utter disaster there. But they don't really have any pressure on them. There's not really a lot that they have to do. If you're Ron Rivera, though, I mean... You look at your roster and say, you still have to think forward. And even though I don't want them to ever make an attempt to go after Deshaun Watson, you now look at this organization and say, where are we going to be after this season? Let's say Ryan Fitzpatrick is a a, a good quarterback. 27-28 touchdown passes, probably throws 14 or 15 picks. All right, that's that's better than what they've had over the years. Let's be honest with ourselves. You got to go back to Kirk Cousins, and then we knew what happened when the games actually were really mattered and they were important anyway, so we don't have to go down that road again. But you still have to figure out what are you doing at quarterback? It's nice to have your bridge, but it's always better to have the bridge quarterback with a young guy waiting in the wings. It'd be a whole lot better if Dwayne Haskins, let's say, was developing and still with the organization, and they just had Fitzpatrick as the starter for now. That's a much better situation. See, this is why when your first round picks at quarterback don't work out, Look how far back it can set an organization. Now, the benefit for them is that if they draft a quarterback, you have that rookie deal for years, which saves you a ton of money. Right now, the Kansas City Chiefs are still paying Patrick Mahomes his rookie deal. They haven't even gotten to the extension yet. So they still have an opportunity to have an expensive team around him. It worked for Seattle. It worked for Kansas City already. They won a Super Bowl. So if you're Washington, that's the best route, is to go ahead and say, we want a young quarterback. But... If this team wins the division, they win 9, 10 games, whatever it ends up being. You're going to be drafting it around the same spot that you were last year. And as of now, this quarterback class coming into the NFL next year, what it's expected to be, I mean, it's not as strong as what we just had. This could be an all-time great rookie class of quarterbacks that we have right now in the NFL. And as um, incredible as Chase Young can be, And we can see that trajectory. We know where he's going. You can't help but look back and go, maybe even then they could have thought, maybe we'd go quarterback. I mean, this year, could you have traded up? Could you have? There's so many possibilities over the last two seasons. Now, it looks a lot better taking Chase Young out of that draft compared to what we just had. And you'd say, well, 
this might have been an opportunity for the team to trade up. And if you're Jamin Davis, the poor guy's going to have expectations on him to be a game-changing linebacker, and he's just not going to develop that quickly early on. But the fact that they didn't draft a quarterback in the first round this year went with Ryan Fitzpatrick, who maybe is going to be your quarterback for the next couple of years. It puts you in a really tight position if you're the organization. Because the clock's going to be ticking on all these other guys on your defense and their contracts. Chase Young's got a few years, but eventually his contract, you got to think about too. Montez Sweat. I mean, Matt Ioannidis, Tim Settle. You're probably not going to be able to keep all these guys together. you got Jonathan Allen settled, but every year it's going to be somebody new. So as your defense gets more expensive, then you're looking at an offense that goes, well, okay, we got some younger guys here. It's going to cost us more. The prices on everybody start to go up, even with the salary cap. Your best bet is having a young quarterback that can actually be a legit starter when they're a rookie or halfway through their rookie, maybe by their second year. It's going to be a really tough position for this organization to be in. And it's it's not being talked about enough, and I get it because we've got a season coming up now and you're counting on Ryan Fitzpatrick to be your guy for at least this year. But they will be, barring some catastrophe where they win three games and everybody's hurt, and I'm knocking on wood, I'm with you, I don't want that to happen, but barring a catastrophe where they suddenly have a top-five pick, you're going to be seeing the same thing again next year. And you, you, your ceiling in the NFL is always lower until you have your quarterback situation settled. It's just the reality of it. I mean, the NFL is so quarterback-centric. Now, we know you have to have a great quarterback if you want to win. It's one thing, right? Okay, so let's say they win the division this year and they win a playoff game. They even lose a playoff game, but they win more games. They win 10 games this year. I would consider this season a success for Washington. But then in turn, next year you're expecting more. Everybody's expecting more. The organization is expecting more. Growth, progression, move forward. That's what we're expecting from them every single season. But how far is Ryan Fitzpatrick really going to take you? I mean, they're limited. It's a very limited situation for this team as long as you don't have it settled. And that's why I say the honeymoon is over for Ron Rivera. Uh, it is because now the expectations are much more realistic. Now, if there's anybody that can sit back and say, I don't care what anybody says about me, it's clearly Ron Rivera. And that's why he's the perfect person for this job. But all the stuff, you know, Pete and I were just talking about this earlier. I, I mean, from the name change saga to the cancer, Dan Snyder allegation, dealing with Dwayne Haskins, you really should have been coach of the year because it was far more than just what they did on the field. But now with those expectations the way that they are, if this team gets out of the gate slow, which is a very realistic possibility. I mean, you go down the list of the teams they're playing, and it is a gauntlet of a schedule to start. The Chargers are a good team. The Giants are a divisional game, which still matters. Daniel Jones plays like a pro bowler against them. The Bills have Super Bowl aspirations. Falcons aren't great, but you have Matt Ryan there. I don't know what the Saints are going to be with Jameis Winston. By the way, I'm really excited to see what he does in that offense because he may throw 25 picks, but he's going to throw a ton of touchdowns. They're going to let him sling it. I mean, then the Chiefs and the Packers. I mean, it's, it's a lot. There's a chance this organization is just struggling to be at 500 by the time you hit Halloween. But then on the back end of it, you hope that they can make up for some of that. But it's going to be something now where this team is expected to just... It blows my mind when you think about it. They're expected to come back, repeat as division champs, and win a playoff game. Last year, it was just, hey, Ron Rivera is just getting them to be stable. I'll take it. They overachieved last year when it was all said and done. So the expectations were so low, it didn't really matter. But now the full attention is on Washington. 
It's on Ron Rivera. And you got to fulfill those expectations. And it's not unreasonable for you to think that this team could win the division. Clearly, that's not a crazy statement, especially with all of the question marks all around every other team that's also in the NFC East. But we Washington football fans, man, we have we've seen it all, right? <laughs> we've seen it all. So just now you expect to see things turn around. And we've been down this road before. We thought Shanahan was going to turn this thing around. Man, I still think way back to Marty Schottenheimer. That could have been... Where would the organization be if Marty Schottenheimer had stayed? That's one of the greatest what-ifs that this organization has ever had. What if Marty Schottenheimer hadn't been fired for the old ball coach? Where would they be? Now, it could have still been a disaster, but just think, if Marty Schottenheimer was allowed to do his job the way that team was turned around, who knows where that organization would have gone over the last few years after that. The expectations are real on this team, and it's not just for this year, but it's moving forward because like, no, realistic people are not picking them to go to the Super Bowl, win the Super Bowl, but winning the division makes sense. And then next year, it's take the next step, and then it's take the next step. And whether it's fair or not, that's just the reality of it. That's why I, I still, it's a cautious optimism. That's the safe way to do it. You know I always say the friend zone. Friend zone your teams if you don't think it's going to be a great year. It makes it a whole lot easier. You don't get your heart broken. I've done that a lot. Of course, you always get caught up. Got caught up in the caps. Caught up in the nats. I mean, of course you do. You say you're friend zoning them so they don't get hurt, but what's the point? You know, it's hard. It's just it makes it easier because you get frustrated, tired of the tired of the letdowns. But yeah, I mean, and where would this team have been had they not gone to the playoffs last year? But we're still seven and nine. That's a big mindset change there, really. If Washington right now was coming off of that seven and nine season but didn't make the playoffs. One, you don't have that playoff schedule. Two, you don't have the expectations of winning the division again this year. Nationally, there's not as much attention on them. Now, I like it. It's positive attention. It's not people making fun of them or ripping them because they're an utter disaster and nobody's showing up to games and they look like they don't even want to be out there on the field. But it would be different. The, the, the feeling around this team would be different if they had gone 7-9, and nine, but let's say Dak Prescott was healthy and they won, Cowboys won 10-11 games last year. You would feel differently about this team. Everybody else would feel differently about it. So, luckily it's Ron Rivera's shoulders at burdening a lot of this load in terms of where this team should be, how they should get out of the gate early, how they should win, make statements. Because you're going to have to make, right, it's a statement game against the Chargers or it's a statement game against the Packers because some people have... Washington as the biggest threat to Tampa in the, in, in the conference over Green Bay. Okay, well, that game will tell you, right? When you play the Packers, that game will tell you. It's a, it's a different world. I mean, listen, I, I, I love this, but I, it's why I'm cautiously optimistic about it because there is still a chance that this game, this season early on, is a little bit of a struggle, especially with the lack of chemistry still and just experience with so many of these guys in this offense, all these new guys. New Wizard Kyle Kuzma and Spencer Dinwiddie were seen working out. But I want you to hear what Kuzma had to say about being traded to the Wizards. He talked about it publicly, and it's a very, very interesting statement. Get to that next. Nick Ashew on the fan. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Nick Ashew on the fan. You're going over the Bay Bridge. I'm sorry. I just saw there's a 13-mile backup for people coming back to the D.C. area. <laughs> Man, that is, that is... It is always legendary traffic this time of year. Every single year. So there's a rule for professional athletes, and I think we've learned over the last few years, that if you don't post your workouts on social media, you're not working out, Right? Everybody's got to see it. Now, with football players, you always see that it's some sort of crazy strength training workout or they're jumping on boxes that are eight feet tall, and like that's the thing. With NBA players, it tends to be more of showing them play pickup games. Or the big tradition we have every single year is Ben Simmons making ugly jump shots and people going, Ben Simmons working on his jump shot again. Every year it's the same thing, and every year he still can't shoot, and now he doesn't even want to anymore. But sure, let's think that he's actually doing it. I'm sure it'll be different this time around. Saw that a few weeks ago even. Okay. Kyle Kuzma and Spencer Dinwiddie are new Wizards, and they were working out together. So there's a bunch of videos of them playing pickup and doing all that. That's not really what's important because who cares? You've, we've all seen this a thousand times. Guys in a gym, they're shooting around, or they're, they're playing pickup games, whatever. It's fine. It's the thing that Kyle Kuzma had to say about his trade to the Wizards. So originally, he thought he was going to be with the Kings, but he explained this to Fubo, Fubo, it's Fubo Sports. Yeah, Fubo Sports, how the process went down. And listen to what he says about what it feels like to now be with the Wizards. I was kind of shocked because I thought I was going to sack, like the Sacramento deal with uh, Buddy Hill. Like, that shit was done. Mm-hmm. So I'm like thinking in my head, like, okay, well, I'm in sack. 45-minute flight, not bad. <laughs> I'm saying go to Napa. Um, but then, like, out of nowhere, you know, it goes, you know, you're going to Washington. Mm-hmm. But I was, I was, like, super hyped, obviously, because it's, like, a better situation. You know, like... Going to sack would have been fun. I would have, you know, went crazy for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how I think. But, like, to have an opportunity to play with, like, Brad Beal, um, you know, someone that is trying to, um, you know, really be a winner in this league because he's a, he's a killer, man. Mm-hmm. Like, he led league in scoring multiple years or he was second this year. And, like, you know, it's just a perfect opportunity. You know, it's a lot of guys that have, like, chips on their shoulders. Everyone's ready to, like, prove something. Mm-hmm. And, um you know, that's that's when something could be special. Now, Washington doesn't have championship expert expectations. And clearly, if you're comparing them to Sacramento Kings and saying, well, that's a better situation, I'd rather be with the Wizards and the Kings, it's not saying that much. The expectations aren't that high in Sacramento. But the fact that Kyle Kuzma talks about being excited to be in the Wizards organization, other guys on that roster, everybody has something to prove. There's a lot of chips on their shoulder. That's the mentality that this team needs to have this year if they want to make themselves a legit playoff team because the East got better. And if you're the Wizards, you're looking up going, well, the Bulls just added a bunch. The Bulls completely redid their roster. The Knicks made additions. Not to mention all the teams like the Bucks and the Sixers and the, the Nets are clearly the favorite in the Eastern Conference. But 
if you're going to have that attitude of we've got something to prove, we've got a chip on our shoulder, you know, Montrez Harrell, who they bring in, who just fell out of the rotation in L.A., was the sixth man of the year two years ago. That's a promising thing to hear, and that's the promising attitude for them. Bradley Beal's always had that, right? Bradley Beal has always felt underappreciated his entire career, and I'm okay with that because if that's what it takes to motivate him, because every athlete has something that they've used to bring out emotion and bring out motivation. The best ones do, anyway. Bradley Beal's already been doing that. Kyle Kuzma, when he had a bigger role with the Lakers, he was a killer. He could shoot. He could score. And then, of course, his role totally changed, and he needed to get out of there. The Wizards have the potential, at least in terms of what they did this offseason, to be a better team than where they were last year. They're a lot deeper. They certainly have a lot more... Uh, they, have, they have a lot more flexibility in terms of the different positions and what guys can do on the court, and they're going to be better defensively, and they're going to be a better shooting team. They got better. The problem is so do the rest of the Eastern Conference. But the fact that Kyle Kuzma says this, that's what was eye-opening to me. To hear him say that it's going to be it's a better situation to be in, he's excited to be there, because you want guys that actually want to be a part of the organization, right? In the end, you want people that want to play for your organization. Because it's a whole lot worse if they're just there to collect a check. But if it's more than that, if it's, I want to win because this organization believes in me or they took a chance on me or I want to prove to the rest of the NBA that you know I was wronged where I was before, whatever it is, I don't care. Find your motivation. That's great. Be an actor. What's my motivation? Find, find it. I don't care what it is. That's a promising thing to hear. The Wizards will be a better team. They may not have as many stars because you don't have Russell Westbrook, but I'm telling you, Spencer Dinwiddie is going to make this team better offensively. He is a great playmaker. It's what they needed. It's just not going to be as flashy without Russell Westbrook, but who cares? Great, the triple doubles. He broke the record in a Wizards uniform. Now we can move on. Great. He's a stat stuffer. This is the direction this organization needed to go. But they got to keep in mind, too, Bradley Beal can be a free agent in a couple of years, and even sooner if he doesn't pick up his option. He's probably going to. It's a whole thing with the finance and the, you know, the money and the CBA and blah, blah, blah. You don't care about that. But the point is, is that they've got to think about where they are now. And you either blow this whole thing up and trade Beal if you think he's going to leave. Because this, this offseason was the first time we actually heard that he was considering asking for a trade. In the past, it's just been kind of stuff that's drummed up by Heat Twitter where they're like, oh, you look great in a Heat uniform. Or, hey, you look great in a Lakers uniform. Shut up. Go away. But that's... It's now something that's at least in his thought process. It's in his mind. He's like, well, maybe maybe I need to at least consider what my options are. So, if you're the Wizards, you got to be all in for this two years or all out. You can't be in the middle. And they've been in NBA purgatory for far too long. I like the improvements they made. They are a better team, but the rest of the Eastern Conference is too. And that's, whew, that's a problem. That's the only thing. Uh, Ron Rivera said one thing. But his actions have told us something very different about a position of worry leading up to week one. What that is next, Nick Ashew on The Fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.